0: Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Force Options Training Podcast. On this episode, we discuss ways to advance your agency use of force program with little or no money. In police training, we often lack two things, training time and budget. So doing a complete teardown and revamp of your existing use of force program might not be practical or even necessary. That being said, you should always be looking at ways that you can improve what you're teaching and how you're delivering the training. We can't be satisfied with just the status quo. Just like equipment and tactics have evolved over the years, so must our use of force training. Unfortunately though, our budgets haven't always kept pace. As well, sometimes we are our own worst enemies. As they say, two things that cops hate most are change and reluctance to change. We also have to remove our blinders and bias towards our own system and or martial arts, and keep an open mind. So here are some tips that really cost little or no money that could advance your program. And just a reminder that today's episode is sponsored by Wild Boar Social Club. It's a lifestyle. Tip one, look at your data. Do you have a way to track your department's use of force? If it's being effective, if it's not effective? Can you look to see what officers are using in terms of tools, empty hand control, What is working and what are they struggling with? Where are most of your use of force complaints coming from? Can you review video and body cam footage, even talking to the members, just what is working and what is not? Number two, take an internal inventory. Take a look inside your own department to see if you have members that may have a particular set of skills, skills which they have acquired over a long period of training. You might have a competitive wrestler, a judoka, a BJJ black belt that you can tap into. In a future episode, I'm going to be interviewing the guys from police judo, who were training judo at their department, and then forged their own system by trial and error while patrolling the notorious Vancouver's downtown east side. If they have identified somebody, bring them in and have them workshop some techniques they would use when they encounter certain positions, such as someone just turtling. It doesn't even have to be techniques, it can also be drills. We have started implementing arm drags and pummeling into our warm-ups. Number three, community resources. I often field calls or requests from members who train outside of work and have an instructor who would like to do a seminar or some kind of training for police. I'll then contact the instructor and either go meet them or have them come to my work. When I meet with them, I give them a quick rundown of the use of force framework In Canada, it's the National Use of Force Framework, or the IMIM that the RCMP call it. We go over some common positions, some situations that police deal with, and at times that we struggle with. I sometimes show them videos if there's something applicable. And I talk to them about our duty of care requirement. The big thing I tell them not to cover is handcuffing. This is a big source of complaints, and it's best that they don't touch it at all. What I do suggest is they somehow get to a position of control where somebody could then be handcuffed. Most of the time, I'll tell them to hold the session at their own school, and this is for two reasons. One, it requires no clearance to do so. I don't have to go up the chain of command for that. Two, it's also a way to help them promote their own school. I think it's fair considering they're going to be giving us a free lesson or maybe ongoing classes uh, for free, so that's their time. Hopefully, it's going to encourage some members to maybe want to train there after on their own time as well. I will then post the information to our members and attend it myself. I find this helps as well if there's any questions regarding, hey, can we do this or how can I articulate this? I can help answer that on the spot. Over time, I've been able to create a list of vetted martial arts schools that I can recommend to members that live in different locations. So just not in the city that we police. uh, Often members live all over the place outside in different locations and whatever's easiest for them to go and, and train at. This way, if they call me and say, hey, I live out here, do you know where I can go train? I can just give them already a thumbs up from a recommended school. Four, workshop the techniques. Anytime you learn some new techniques, take it back to your agency and workshop them. A few years ago, it was brought to our attention that we may be lacking some techniques for smaller stature officers. Gone are the days where there was a height or weight requirement to get on this job. But many of our takedowns, for examples, are geared towards big officers. So one of our members, who is an avid grappler to say the least, suggested having his BJJ instructor come in and workshop it. This st- instructor is not only a world-class competitor, but he's also of a smaller stature himself. So we showed him our takedown that we used in our vascular or lateral neck restraint recertification. He suggested the body lock takedown to the rear, transitioning into a seatbelt, and then if the person continued fighting, then you could transition into the VNR or the LNR. So we trained it, workshopped it, and liked it. So for several months, we would show it to recruit classes and then run scenarios where it would be applicable. We found under stress many officers would instinctively go to this position with the larger role player, and we were having success with it. So we then decided to adopt it as an additional takedown and have been teaching it ever since. Number five, finally, write it up. Create a database of techniques. Once you have introduced a new technique or drill, create a lesson plan for it. If you have a use of force framework, classify it. In the NUF, it would be empty hand control hard, empty hand control soft. What type of behavior would it be applicable for? Try not to use martial art terms such as Kimura. This has caused some confusion when dealing with oversight agencies as they are usually run by civilians. So just explain the techniques in plain language. You can go to episode three where Landshark BJJ gave a good description of a Kimura, and if you have good documentation, then it's easy to justify and defend down the road if it ever comes into question. So these have worked for myself, and hopefully they can work for you as we move forward. If you have any tips that worked for you in your agency, you can post them on my Instagram here at Force Options Training. Again, I would like to thank Wild Boar Social Club, and remember, stay safe. Often.